Today is another great day. We are filming another episode of our Going Deeper podcast. I am Kyle McCaskill. I am Marie Burns. I'm Becky Clark. And today we are going to be talking about Bible study tools and how we use them as we dig into Scripture. We are also going to be talking about Joshua chapter 2, mm-hmm. which has lots of espionage and <laughs> intrigue and prostitutes. Prostitutes. So stick around and we will dig into Joshua chapter 2 in just a second. have asked me about what Bibles Mm -hmm. I use when I'm doing study. Um, And so I wanted to share a few things that I use. Mm -hmm. And the first is I use this um, ESV version, which is a a note-taking Bible um, when I'm doing a particular book. And you can get these off of Amazon. And you can buy a full set of it. So this is just Joshua. You can buy a full set of it, or you can just buy book by book, which Mm -hmm. is really what I'm doing. Um, and one of the reasons that I use this is because uh, I take a lot of notes and I highlight and I, um, if you like, there's <laughs> colored pencils and all kinds of stuff. And then I have to, after I read, I go back and I'm like, why did I do that? Um, but then I put a little like key of mm-hmm. what they are. Um, but you, there's not enough space in a Right. regular Bible. Yeah. And um, so I buy these and I take tons of notes and just I just jot a, a ton of stuff down. What we're going to talk about today in chapter two, I have just like tons of questions on uh, it for this chapter, kind of more than information. But it's also just a really great reference um, kind of place for me because I can easily, if I'm going to study something else, I can just pull this one little book out, yeah. and I've got all these notes and highlights and things like that mm-hmm. um, at my fingertips of stuff I've done before, previous things. So this is an ESV version. It's the only, um, this particular type of Bible is only an ESV. Okay. I like ESV. Um, it's kind of a more common, some people say it's closer to the regular word for word yeah a little bit a little bit more a little bit more sometimes it has its own issues which is why typically when i'm studying and i think we probably all do do this we use more than one version yeah um of scripture (laughs) sometimes five or six you remember when we were studying leviticus and in the beginning when we first started reading it we had we struggled a lot with the language and what they were trying to say. And we would start with the message version. And yeah. so I don't know about you, but I kind of got the hang of it. And after a while, I didn't necessarily need it anymore. Yeah. I kind of was following on. But yeah, we would, the message was mm-hmm. a popular one when we're yeah. just, we read a passage and go, wait, what? Yeah. So yeah. we can find this on Amazon. Yeah, you can find this okay. on Amazon. I think there's some other places you can find it, but I get this is where I get them is Amazon. Okay, so we'll put a link to that sure. in the yeah. description. Mm-hmm. That way, anybody who is mm-hmm. interested in, in acquiring those, mm-hmm. we'll go ahead and put the link in the, right. the, the notes in the description. And they're fun and lightweight, too, because you're just taking one. This yeah. is just Joshua, so yeah. you want to just study one particular book. Mm-hmm. You don't have to carry this. So if you don't want to buy a whole Bible at one time, mm-hmm. <laughs> you can buy it piece by piece. You can, buy, you need it. It. You can buy it. <laughs> I don't like that book. I'm not buying that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that might get you into a little bit of trouble. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
The other one that I use a lot is uh, still a new one for me, and um, this was given to me, but I it was also off of Amazon. Mm-hmm. And this is a NRSV cultural background study Bible. Oh, I remember when you got which that is one. Why it's so much thicker? Yeah. Um, but it's so Marie's gonna she'll share probably about the Bible yeah. that she starts off with. Mm-hmm. This one. Um, gives lots of notes just about cultural history. So it's not always just mm-hmm. about um, kind of the biblical history, but you'll get things about Mesopotamia, you'll get things about the Canaanites. And so mm-hmm. it it's a really good cultural kind of reference to give me an idea of kind of what was going on um, generally yeah. mm-hmm. and then how that kind of ties with, our, with the people of God. So I, I use this one a lot too. Uh, as a study while I use this one as kind of note-taking and highlighting to get to this. Okay. So now you use something a little different. This is um, just a, this is an NIV. It's the Zondervan Study Bible, and I like it as a jumping-off point, strictly. It's got lots of little commentary notes and references, and if there is a if it's a key scripture linking to somewhere else in the Bible, it'll let you know and you can go find it elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And it just does a really good job of talking to itself throughout. So if it references something, you'll see this note in Exodus. You go over to Exodus and find it, and it says this is in Joshua as well. Mm-hmm. And here's kind of what it means. And I'll admit, sometimes when I'm reading through some of their notes, I kind of don't necessarily always agree with what their commentary notes say Mm -hmm. but it always it'll encourage me to go find information elsewhere and dig a little deeper so it's strictly a jumping off point they're very small notes um but i do like it's got whole articles in the back and you see all my blue Mm post-its i really got into this when we were doing leviticus because it's got just a whole article on the law a whole article on covenant sacrifice the priest the temple of god just uh, people of God, death and resurrection, prophets and prophets, all these great um, commentary-based articles at the end, just if you're wanting to know about a particular subject that you can dig into. It's got a little bit of maps, good outlines, and it's just a it's a great jumping-off point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you're, especially if you're new to digging into Scripture, I, I would highly recommend it. The NIV Zondervan Study Bible, although I do a lot with ESV as well, mm-hmm. especially right now while we're looking at words that have a Hebrew background mm-hmm. because it's more of a word, considered a word-for-word translation as opposed to like the NASB, what am I trying to say, that is looking at the idea of something yeah. and interpreting an idea. Yeah. Right. Does that make sense? Right. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. although I like that as well. And we've used yeah. yours a lot. It was really has been really helpful kind of when we get stuck somewhere. Mm-hmm. We do typically start with your Bible, like, mm-hmm. okay, what's yours say? And then we kind of move. Right. And yours has been really great to kind of bring because it has that reference. Um, mine doesn't, this one doesn't do that as much, mm-hmm. but yours kind of points us yeah. in the direction of, oh, this, when we read this thing, it actually connects back to this passage in this other book. And that has been super helpful instead yeah. of having to kind of really dig through yours references and more. It does. Things. Like there's so, just this, in just this one scripture, I'm just glancing at it. It's, God's historic acts of redemption at the beginning. See Exodus 14 and 15 and end in Numbers 21, Deuteronomy 3. And then there's this <clears throat> reference to Christ's death and resurrection in Romans 10, 9. Like it's got all of that in one mm-hmm. little. So it's it's good for connecting dots. Yeah. So. And I use olive tree. You do olive use olive tree. And olive tree has been good too. <laughs> and what do you like most about olive tree? I already know the answer. 
Well, that it's on all your devices. Well, that's, yes, that's, there's that. But isn't that what you use whenever we come across like a word? Oh, well, the particular mm-hmm. uh, Bible that I purchased on Olive Tree is the NASB with Strong's tags. That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what I like about that so much is I can go in and if there's a particular word, we we did it last week, mm-hmm. and I'll look at what the Hebrew word is, and it'll kind of give the context of the Hebrew mm-hmm. word more than just what it means in English. Mm-hmm. And if there are other possible ways that that word right. could well, have been used. And it's, it's great for the Greek as well, because it's got the Hebrew and the Greek. So mm-hmm. carrying around a phone or an mm-hmm. iPad is a whole lot easier than the Strong's mm-hmm. exhaustive concordance that I have in my <laughs> office that's like I, this thick and this tall. I mean, it's yeah. huge. Yes. You know? Yes. But yours has been really helpful as well. As it has. We've talk, had lots mm-hmm. of conversations. Well, and we were talking last week about wordplay and how mm-hmm. Hebrew was mm-hmm. uh, a, an oral language. Yes. And so you see when some words maybe sound kind of similar, you can see where there's some... Mm-hmm. It's on purpose. Puns. Yes. You know, ancient mm-hmm. he- Hebrew puns happening. Mm-hmm. You'd have been so good back then. <laughs> It would fit right in. You well, would have fit probably right in with all them puns. Uh huh. You probably had dad jokes too. I'm Fine. sure they did. <laughs> you would have been fine. Go down that road. Yeah. Let's not tell any right now. No. No. Okay. Um, so now that we've had that conversation, hopefully that will be helpful to some people as they're um, trying to figure out what to use. Um, we are in Joshua chapter two, and I already kind of hinted to you guys, mm-hmm. um, as I've been preparing for our study time on Thursday, that this, you know, this has been a very interesting chapter for me. And I, I think people know the story of Rahab, mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. yes. she saves the spies and all that kind of stuff. She but, appears in Matthew briefly. That's right. She does. Um, but the more that I have read chapter two, the the more I'm kind of I'm I'm struggling with Rahab a little bit. Yeah. Not not necessarily in a in a bad way, but I guess I just have a lot more questions than anything else okay. about Rahab and about what she is doing here, what she knows, does she know God? Um and what I told Marie the other day, I think this was yesterday, mm. um, as I was kind of doing some preparation, chapter two moves really quickly. Yes. It, it feels like, well, first of all, we shift in chapter one and chapter two, we shift setting and we shift um, mm-hmm. in, we shift kind of main people. Because mm-hmm. we started off in chapter one with this call narrative of Joshua, and he's like the key person of this book, right? Right. Um, and in chapter two, he plays a very minor role. In chapter one, he's talking with the Lord and he's gathering the people and getting ready to to take the land. In chapter two, that's not, I mean, they're scouting out the land, but it has very little to do with the land. Okay. And then it seems like there's lots of information missing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And so I, I told Marie yesterday, God, it's just like the first three verses of chapter two it's like i've i feel like i've missed we didn't get some of the information um Uh, that i guess was known and probably very known by the more original um hearers and and we're jumping into the story kind of late is what it feels like because we start from joshua tells the 
the spies go kind of spy out the land, specifically Jericho. So we already get the impression that likely Jericho will be the first place they're going to take. And not that they need to spy out the land because they need to, they don't trust God. Again, Joshua is just a good military leader. But then we jump straight into that to, they go to Rahab's house. And then we jump straight from that to the king, (laughs) the king of the area. And then we jump right back over to Rahab. And then we jump to the officials of the king. And then we jump back to Rahab and the spies. Mm -hmm. And it's this really fast-paced kind of thing that I want to know. I think this is what happens when you read scripture sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, Why'd they pick Rahab's house? How'd they know to go to Rahab's house? Mm -hmm. Had they been there before? Which doesn't make any sense because I don't think the spies would have been in the land already but there seems to be i don't know some relationship yet not a relationship Mm -hmm. but just things seem to like happen and then how does the king how do the king's people know that the spies are in town and then Mm. how does rahab know that the spies are that the to hide the spies right and then how does she know that the king's officials are coming to look for the spies at her place right well you know (laughs) what rahab does right Tell 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 me what you think Rahab does because this is a this is its own debate. Is it its it, own debate? Yes, it's a big debate about what does what who yeah. is Rahab and yeah. what does she do. So, well, the we may nice, need to pull out, pull out olive tree. The nice word <laughs> that the NASB uses is harlot. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, and it is interesting that it is a form of the very same word that is used for wife in Hebrew. Hmm. But it's hmm. it's an irregular... It, <laughs> what? <clears throat> okay. I'm just saying what's here. Okay. <clears throat> but it's saying that it's an irregular plural of that. Okay. Which would mean that she is not... Not a wife. A wife. She's doing some of the behaviors, <laughs> some of the is not wifely yeah. duties. <laughs> right. Okay. So. Okay. That's. Okay. That's what I see here. Okay. Um. So mine references <laughs> the house of a prostitute. Ancient sources, specifically Hammurabi's law code number 109, assume that innkeepers are female and warn against their hosting conspiracies. So. Mm. Because of the location, I, we mm-hmm. read somewhere about the outer wall and where mm-hmm. the location of her, I don't know that this was necessarily her specifically her home. Perhaps it is because mm-hmm. of where it is, it's mm-hmm. thought to be an inn, and therefore they would be less noticed Yeah, coming and goings mm-hmm. yeah. in inn situation. Yeah. Well, regardless of what she may or may not have done, mm-hmm. it, it seems very clear that it is a place that uh, was used for travelers coming in and out. Right. And, going. Mm-hmm. and so it would be natural for people coming in. If they're spies, yeah. if they're good spies, right. they're going to find out, <laughs> right. where can I get a bed for the night to sleep? Right. And they're going to say, oh, you go to Rahab's place. Yeah. Whether it's the man saying, Haha, go to Rahab's place, or, yeah. you know, it's just right. the the innocent, honest, over there, that's a good place to lay sure. your head. Well, I read one commentary that also talked about no matter – if Rahab's place was a a, pra- a place where you could uh, get a prostitute, or mm-hmm. where you could just as an inn, mm-hmm. 
both of those places are places where it's easy to gather information. Yes. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and so at an inn, you have lots of people and lots of people coming in and out. Mm-hmm. And you can slip in a little more easily and not necessarily be as noticed because yeah. they've got tons of different people coming right. in and out. But you can gather interesting information there. Mm-hmm. Whereas if it is a home of a prostitute at the same time, there's all these things called pillow talk that could happen. Mm-hmm. So um, again, it's still an information gathering place. Yeah. Um, so you're right. I mean, it, it's just one of the things that's interesting to me about Rahab is the debate about who is Rahab on this very front end of the story. Mm-hmm. And, and I think what probably is the most important thing is that she's painted uh, very differently than an Israelite. She stands in juxtaposition of the godly men who are about to take mm-hmm. the land. Yeah. She is a Canaanite woman. Mm-hmm. She is a woman who is owns the house or is a harlot or, right. you know, mm-hmm. whatever. She is a woman of ill repute. And even ill repute, even if she just owned her own inn, because that's such an unusual thing. Mm-hmm. She has no... She seems to not have family yeah. mm. that's taking care of her. Right. Although later on in the story, she mentions pretty distinct family. Mm-hmm. So we can only assume if she's unmarried that she's referring to her father's household. If she's mm-hmm. the, the customs of the times, the Israelites were living in their father's household. If the Beethoven and all that mm-hmm. is borrowing from the culture around them, perhaps she's still a part of her father's household. And so when she's asking for her family to be saved, yeah, we might be able to assume. Yeah. Or does it say that specifically somewhere and I just don't remember? No, she she just asks for when she makes the deal with the two spies, she clearly says to save um, client, yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, deal kindly with my father's house and give me a sure okay. sign. You'll save my father, my mother, my brothers and sisters, and all who belong okay. to them, which yeah. means any extra extended family. Yeah. But it doesn't seem that she is necessarily living in their house. If she's a prostitute, harlot, whatever you yeah. want to call her, likely she is not. She has been ostracized from yeah. her family's house. But even in the potential ostracization, is that a word? Ostracization. Ostras, whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, she, word. she thinks of them. Yeah. And she she wants to save them. We're, we're, di- we're getting ahead here. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> okay, let's go back because right, right. Here's, here's the thing that I, I'm, I am kind of struggling with. I, look, I read lots of different commentaries as I was kind of doing the study of chapter two. And I felt like there were so many contradictions about um, Rahab and and her speech about God and then the covenant that she makes with the Israelite spies. Mm-hmm. She makes a very kind of clear covenant. Uh, kind of one, one commentary said um, that it, it really does look like she has an understanding of Israelite law mm-hmm. and she knows the steps that of covenant making that the Israelites would use hmm. um, because of how she appeals to them and what uh-huh. she asks of them and then how they in the end kind of list these um, stipulations of the covenant. Um, and I, I don't know how she would know that. Well, we've been told before that when God made covenant, he was <clears throat> borrowing from something that was already right. being done. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, I mean... <laughs> 
Epic of yes, we, we need to always give props where props are due. Thank you to Epic of Eden and Dr. Sandra Richter. We know, you know, the, the the whole idea of covenant and how covenant making was done was borrowed from the culture around them. So she is perhaps just doing what comes naturally as far as how to make a covenant. And you know, you taught us last week that they they weren't just wandering in the wilderness by themselves, mm-hmm. secluded and all alone. They mm-hmm. had had interactions with other people groups yeah and so that and if we are to take leviticus literally with how they looked they looked very different so that you could look at an israelite and say that's an israelite Mm -hmm. yeah and so i think about that when they're coming into the inn. if somebody spots them even those spies somebody's gonna say "Ooh." Mm -hmm. why would an israelite be coming into our town yeah but did the israelites look different than the canaanites I mean, there's all these rules about cutting your beard and well, that's, all that that's stuff. that's true. Hair well, and, and I, the, I feel like I read somewhere <clears throat> that the Canaanites were um, larger, kind of considered larger people okay. in stature. Um, so there yeah. may have been a distinction there, but maybe more likely because we've already been given the law. Yeah. They're already to some degree living out that the way that the law kind of asked them mm-hmm. to groom and look different mm-hmm. and such. So there is a possibility of that. Also, even though Joshua sends them at night, mm-hmm. um, they're not too far. You know, Jericho is just across the River Jordan, basically from where they have camped kind of around. Well, Scripture tells us at this point, Joshua sends them from this town called Shatam, mm-hmm. which is – a like Mount Nebo's right here and Shatam's kind of right here and the uh-huh. Jordan rivers. So at the thousands and thousands of Israelites that are camped there, mm-hmm. I would assume that anyone in that border area has been watching them, I guess. Could be. So they kind of know what they look like. They have scouts watching potentially for if they're mm-hmm. coming near. Well, I guess I so. Don't Hadn't know. a battle already happened at this point? There's been multiple battles, and that's one of the things that Rahab mentions. You know, when she, after she um, tells the the lies to the guards mm-hmm. and tells the guards that the the men were there, but they left. Yeah. And so you need to, if you'll go out this way towards the mountain, you should be able to catch up with them. Right. Um, and uh, then, and they do that, and they close the gate, which is significant for the story because when the gate of the city is closed, you. you you can't get in and out. It's, it's very fortified. Uh-huh. Um, <clears throat> so the the Israelites are stuck now mm-hmm. in the the city, and she goes up and unearths them from where she had hid them on the roof, and she gives this speech. And this is one of the interesting things about Rahab that makes me kind of scratch my head. And, and really, the question, I guess, ultimately, the question is about faith. Yeah, the faith of Rahab. But also, how do we determine when faith has begun? Okay. I mm-hmm. guess. You know? And, yeah. And, and, mm-hmm. and so, because a lot of people say that when Rahab starts her kind of soliloquy about um, who who Yahweh is and the things that she knows, some people have said it is, it is automatically showing her faith. While other people say she just has knowledge. Mm-hmm. And she, she states knowledge. She says to the people, 
um, I recognize that the Lord, yeah. not a Lord mm-hmm. or your Lord or anything, mm-hmm. the Lord has given you the land. That, mm-hmm. that this land that we live in is yours and you're coming for it. And the people are afraid of you already. And we talked about this this morning. She uses this word of um, melting away. The mm-hmm. inhabitants of the land melt away before you, basically meaning they're they're so terrified and afraid. Right. You're so large in number. Um, and the reason that they are melting in fear is because we know that the Lord has done X, Y, Z. The right. Lord parted the Red Sea when you came out of Egypt. You walked through this crazy Red Sea. That was a, a you, you have a powerful God that could have done that. Mm-hmm. And that you defeated these kings of um, the Amorites mm-hmm. of these two places and you completely destroyed them. And I'm, I'm pretty sure this is reference to, you know, Joshua early in to their time um, in the wilderness. He leads a group of people to defeat the mm-hmm. Amorites. So that's probably what this is reference to mm-hmm. is. Um, the battle that Joshua led and the the defeating of these Amorites. So, and I guess the Amorites were a pretty big deal at the time. Because of these pr- three things, and it's probably not just these three things, she says, we know enough about the Israelites that we recognize you're coming for us and we are terrified mm-hmm. of you. Mm-hmm. Well, she uses the word terror. Yeah. yeah. The terror of you has fallen on us. Yeah. Then she says a really cool thing because she she says the heart melted again. But then she says this really <clears throat> cool thing about um, he is the God in the heavens above and on the earth below. And that's towards the end of verse 11. Mm-hmm. And which she makes a statement about, I mean, she lives in a polytheistic world. Yeah. So yeah. she's making a very clear statement about a very monotheistic understanding mm-hmm. that he is the most powerful of any God that she could have known or imagined mm-hmm. that he is the God who rules heaven and earth. And in a polytheistic world, you didn't have a God who let, who ruled over both. You had lots of gods who ruled over pieces of each. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, she makes a big statement. Well, then lots of commentaries say this is, this is definitively her faith statement. And at this point, she has declared her complete understanding and faith in Yahweh alone. Mm. Um, and she and she apparently now has converted and is a follower. Uh, that that feels like a big leap to me. It feels like a big leap to me because I mean we we know the difference between belief and following, mm-hmm. knowledge and following. I mean, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. she knows about doesn't mean that she knows. Yeah. Think about the number of people today who profess that they believe in God, but there mm-hmm. is no faith walk there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And plenty of people, when they come into faith, it starts with a head understanding or not. I mean, not that anybody can ever understand God. Don't, you know, if you think you're fully there, you're lying to yourself. But it starts out, it's like a knowledge of Bible stories. It starts mm-hmm. out, I mean, I think about growing up in the church, and I'm taught every Sunday in Sunday school a new story, mm-hmm. a new story. And it's this knowledge and belief, because I'm a child, I just, I take mm-hmm. it for what it is because an adult I trust tells me so. Mm-hmm. As I'm working this out out loud. Yeah. She has also <laughs> seen, though, what God is capable of, what Yahweh is capable of. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. 
So there is perhaps an element of faith. But then she turns around and tells a huge lie, mm-hmm. which means she's not fully bought into the culture of God yet because I mean, you can't just... Somebody who comes into faith, I'm sorry I'm all over, but I'm kind of thinking this out as I, yeah, no. as I go. <laughs> Somebody who it. comes into faith <laughs> doesn't just automatically start living the whole perfect life. There's mm-hmm. no better, do better. Mm-hmm. Things fall away yeah. over time. I, I think about somebody I was talking to who had knowledge of God, but she was not in faith in the faith at that mm-hmm. time. And she was talking about a friend of hers who she never saw anymore, mm-hmm. who had come into faith mm-hmm. and had left, kind of left her behind as a friend over time, mm-hmm. not in a mean way, but yeah. mm-hmm. she had redirected her life. And this young lady that I was talking to had a knowledge of God, but had not the faith. And I, she said, she just doesn't even like, they still go to bars. She doesn't come with us anymore. And I said, I'm j- I said, I'm just curious. Is she, does she seem happier now? And she said, well, yeah. So mm. there's this knowledge there, but there's not. So mm. expecting Rahab to not lie. I mean, she is still a Canaanite woman yeah. who has not bought into the Ten Commandments and the law and all of that yet. Mm-hmm. I I would, I guess in my thinking this through, this is her first step. Mm-hmm. I mean, she makes covenants swearing by the name of Yahweh. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. that's a huge first step. Yeah. yeah. But to me, a first step, and to assume that that automatically means she's completely bought into the whole way of Israel, who does that? That's mm-hmm. got to be the rarity yeah. for how we come into our faith. Yeah. But I read one commentary that said she had, when she hides them before she even gets to declaring who God is a little mm-hmm. later when she has a conversation with them, she's already stepped out in faith and trust because they're Israelites, mm-hmm. that they are going to take care of her and that they're going to believe what she mm-hmm. they'll recognize already that she is one of one of faith and i'm like yeah. well i mean i think she's just taking a risk yeah she's taking so. a risk looking at a group of of men knowing that soon her town is going to be destroyed uh-huh. by them and others uh-huh. and she wants to save herself yeah and she has knowledge as well i mean obviously she puts some faith in them Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, because they could, I mean, they can't necessarily turn around and turn her in because they'd turn themselves in. Yeah. But they sure. could still destroy her mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. when they come back. So she takes a risk. Now, other people say, some other things that I read said, well, there's no way that she can have any um, true faith in any way because she lies. And I'm, But then a, one other commentary was like, <laughs> but, but she lied to save the Israelites, mm-hmm. which ultimately saves her yeah. and her family. But then you kind of ask the question of, well, is a lie a good thing or a bad thing? Does it depend on the circumstances? Does it whatever? I think you're <laughs> asking too much of Rahab at this point in her life. She's taken the first faith step. Let's not expect her to just put all of her old ways to bed immediately. No pun intended. Um, but I think, <laughs> but that's the hard part of like, Sorry. as I've read all these commentaries, I feel like people have put so much onto Rahab that is mm. unknown. Yeah. Agreed. Mm-hmm. They want to make something out of Rahab mm. that's not there. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, does it not make for 
a slightly more beautiful redemption story if Jesus's lineage starts kind of with a prostitute, maybe. I mean, yeah, that yeah. that makes it more beautiful. Is it, does it have to be true that that she was a prostitute and not just a an innkeeper? No. I mean, but, God redeems all people, yeah. even the prostitute. So what's I don't know. Well, there's parts of me that think I just <clears throat> I think that some of the commentaries that I've read it's like there are kind of some pieces missing and because we don't hear necessarily anything more about mm-hmm. Rahab mm-hmm. scripturally until we get to the fact that she's in the lineage of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um they're trying to paint more about her mm-hmm. than we're told. Mm-hmm. And I get it because I do that. Yeah. When I read scripture, if I feel like there's not enough information for me to paint my own picture, mm-hmm. I I sometimes will find that I'm painting my own picture. Sure. Mm-hmm. With information that I've just kind of pulled out of the sky because I want to know more of the story. Yeah. Right. I don't think we're necessarily meant to know more yeah. of the story of Rahab, but I think that's my struggle is that all the things that I have been reading as I've been preparing, it's just like I, you're given either you're giving Rahab too much credit uh-huh. or you're not giving Rahab enough credit uh-huh. or you're really painting a picture about Rahab that I don't think you are justified in doing. Mm-hmm. Right. The story is powerful. Yeah. What yeah. she does is powerful. Yeah. With just reading it in English at face value and taking it at face value, it is no doubt it's a powerful story. And are we trying to overcomplicate it? Mm. We do know she goes on from here and she does obviously survive this. And yeah. we know that she is richly blessed mm-hmm. because we know she is the mother of Boaz. Boaz. Mm-hmm. And Boaz was wealthy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we know that much more. I after listening to what you've come up with and I read a little bit of John Wesley's notes on this, I think this was step 1 in a faith journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I That's this- kind of where I land with it. And and yeah. don't don't expect too much from somebody who's on step number 1. Right. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah, she still lied, but I mean she did take a huge risk in lying. Mhm. Mm-hmm. I mean the king of Jericho was certain they were there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And why he didn't send people in to dig and look for them yeah. has got to be just like a God thing to mm-hmm. keep those spies safe. But she could have been killed right then and there for hiding them. Yep. So it may be a first step. It's a big mm-hmm. first step mm-hmm. to take that kind of risk on the front end. And then the risk that they'll, she doesn't know these guys. What if they don't keep their covenant agreement with her? Mm-hmm. She takes several risks in this moment. but Well, even when she lies to the officials Mm -hmm. they they could have come back and killed her because they didn't find the people did they ever determine that she lied about it or they just think oh we didn't catch up to them Mm -hmm. or anything but they could have taken it out on her so she took Mm -hmm. she took a lot of risk and i I mean the thing is i don't want to downplay the fact that rahab is a a pretty powerful a pretty amazing character within this story she does a lot of things that specifically as a woman Mm -hmm are kind of unheard of scripturally. Mm-hmm. She takes some roles here that are not uh, typically a woman's role. Yeah. She saves her whole family. She right. makes covenant. Yes. Uh-huh. And and as a Canaanite, uh-huh. she makes covenant. And what I find really interesting is that 
and I, I think we're going we'll talk about this more, but this is the next question that I kind of struggle with. And I don't, I don't know that we'll get fully to the answer here now, but um, has to do with how God honors this covenant mm-hmm. between the Israelite, these two Israelite spies and a Canaanite woman mm-hmm. who they're sent in to destroy. Yeah. So they should not have made covenant with her. Mm-hmm. Just like, because with, before they enter into the promised land, God says to them, you you will destroy everything. You can't make covenant with yeah. any of these Canaanite people. You you know, mm-hmm. you can't be connected to them at all. Right. Yet the Israelites, these two Israelite men, make covenant with her to save her and her whole family. Mm-hmm. Later on, we see in Joshua that the people of God make another covenant. With, with a group some, of liars. With a group of liars. <laughs> <laughs> and he honors that covenant as well. Yeah. Yet... Then, yet there are other places in Joshua, as they take the land, where they destroy and decimate Mm -hmm. whole people groups. Mm -hmm. So, why did God let that transpire with Rahab? But she, but again, like, and and we may need to just cover that when we actually are talking about, like, holy war. Yeah. Because we will talk again about... um, the slaves and uh, because we find that there are tons of people that the Israelites didn't kill. <laughs> there are. Uh-huh. And, and God honors it and he honors it to the mm-hmm. point where he kind of gives instruction of how to protect them and take care of them. Yeah. Um, Cause not God knows his people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, but, mm-hmm. but she takes a lot of, but she, I mean, I don't want to down, she's really cool. Um, mm-hmm. And she's, she's pretty savvy. And she's um, and and even when the two Israelite spies kind of come back, I think they realize she's kind of ruled the whole conversation to her <laughs> to her way of thinking. Uh-huh. Yeah, and to save face, they're like, okay, well, okay, well, we'll we'll hold the covenant as long as you do this, 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 and this, and then mm-hmm. if you do those things, mm-hmm. you'll be all right. Yeah. yeah. And so she's like, okay, and she swears by Yahweh. Of the covenant, so and her son Boaz gives us this beautiful depiction of a kinsman redeemer, which yeah. is a you know a snapshot of Jesus. Mm-hmm. It, it's to me, it's one more element that the God of the Old Testament is the God of the New Testament. For him to have honored these covenants with these very broken people, mm-hmm. and and it, I mean, in the end, she was very blessed with the life she wound up leading, and. Just it's just one more piece of that. God, the characteristic of God is unchanging, mm-hmm. and you can find love and grace and mercy in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. So he can take the prostitutes and the liars and take care of them too. Mm-hmm. And if you're willing to profess him as Yahweh your God mm-hmm. and walk in that faith. It's not to say life doesn't have its ups and downs, but yeah. living in a relationship with him is definitely much better than without. And I think to go back to one of the things that you said about, you know, that she becomes the mother of Boaz and Boaz is this rich man. And, and when we read in Ruth, mm-hmm. not only is a very, he a very wealthy man, but he is a man of faith. He's a good man. Deep faith, it Mm -hmm. seems like. Mm -hmm. He he understands who God is and who he's called to be. Mm -hmm. 
you learn that hopefully right from your parents agreed yeah mm-hmm. so maybe <clears throat> you're right maybe this is just the front end of her faith journey that has continued as she lives with the israelites mm-hmm. and grows to know the lord more and instills what she knows in her son yeah she's pretty cool yeah yeah she but is. a lot of people have placed a lot on her that i'm just not <laughs> maybe not fair yeah not fair to or built her up maybe a little bit too much uh-huh you know or not enough i don't know you know yeah. like haven't given her enough credit or maybe too much this is one of those places where people like me who I have zero background in a seminary, we, we mm-hmm. read, we read some more, and then you just kind of got it. And, and I've obviously pastors do this too, but I just take it on faith that whatever whatever point I arrive to, it's I've allowed the Holy Spirit to guide me in that mm-hmm. direction. So, And in the end, whether or not Ruth was this great woman of faith at this moment or not. I mean, Rahab, sorry, I'm gone on to Ruth. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know. Well, I think it's... Shouldn't make or break our faith. You're talking about reading and that that understanding and Uh everything. And I think that's where, as we read scripture, and as we read words and specifically stories like this, we need to be honest Mm -hmm. with ourselves and with God. And... If, if we're looking for something that's mm-hmm. not there, if we're trying to prove something that we want to be true, mm-hmm. that's where we get into trouble. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Instead of looking for God to reveal to us mm-hmm. what is true, mm-hmm. regardless of how right. I may or may not feel about it. Mm-hmm. And that's, to me, that is our responsibility as we study and read Scripture mm-hmm. and and these stories that we we don't have this deep cultural understanding because mm-hmm. we weren't alive then. There yeah. are probably some little bits and pieces here that mm-hmm. yeah. would greatly affect how a Hebrew or Israelite uh, person would read this and would understand this story. And so we just have to take on faith, like you said, that the yeah. Holy Spirit is going to reveal to us what is true in this yeah. mm-hmm. and not what I want to be true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. the two are often very different. Yes. Yeah. Well, this has been helpful because trying to talking this through, trying to figure out how I'm going to present this chapter and how to present Rahab and my understanding of her in this story. Mm-hmm. I needed to. I needed to talk through all the things I had read mm-hmm. and <laughs> what I was thinking. Anyway, <laughs> that's the good and bad of reading other people's. You know, kind of understandings of scripture is mm-hmm. that sometimes it just kind of stirs within you more unrest mm-hmm. than <laughs> yeah anything else. It's easy you to know. get tripped up on stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's why it's good to talk it out. That's right. You got any other questions for today? No, that was really my biggest thing. I was okay. working through. Mm-hmm. Can I bring one up for you? Can I add a question for yeah. you real quick? Can we? Sure. Yeah, go ahead. Bring it. <laughs> I just think it's very interesting because we talked about, real briefly, Rahab being the one that makes the covenant and that being odd. 
mm-hmm. for in that time period for a woman to be the one to make covenant. Mm-hmm. And then the spies tell Rahab, go gather your family mm-hmm. and bring them into your house. Mm-hmm. And what did we say at the beginning of this? That she, if she is indeed a prostitute, yeah. she would likely be ostracized from her family. Yeah. So now she has to go, go convince her family. family. Convince her family. Interesting. That, no, trust me, come, come. Yep. And I, and I have arranged for us to be saved. Yeah. yeah. Because she says that the people were all fearful. Mm-hmm. Like she said, everybody here, every man is reduced to the whatever. Yeah. Uh, the melting of the heart. The melting, the melting of the heart. Yes. yes. The heart. And so you've you've got her going to her family saying, mm-hmm. I get you out of this. I have yeah. an exit no. strategy. <laughs> That's strategy. That strategy. That's right. And so... She, in this instance, while it may seem like, oh, just a passing phrase, mm-hmm. go gather your people, that could be a really significant step for her mm-hmm. because she is not living in her father's house at this mm-hmm. point. Yep. She has to bring her father to her. Maybe that's why the spies say it the way they say it. Uh-huh. You know, they, they start off with their portion of the... Uh, stipulations will be guiltless with this oath if you don't do xyz so basically the oath will dissolve this covenant will dissolve Mm -hmm. if you can't make all of these things happen and and one of them i mean it you have to gather your family to your to your house, yeah. not right. to their. You don't yeah. go to their house and, they and tie a cord. Mm-hmm. They have to come to your house, and they have to stay inside the whole time. Mm-hmm. So they they can't, even if you get them there, yeah. there's mm-hmm. not a guarantee that they will stay there because in their fear or maybe mistrust of mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. or you know because there's now potential lack of relationship. Yeah. Yeah. They may decide, yeah. they get there and then decide, you know what, mm-hmm. no thanks. A lot of the work seems to lay on her. Yeah, as far as this covenant goes. Yeah. It's interesting. And then do you see the parallel with the scarlet cord to the blood on the door frame? Ooh. Uh, no, I did not see that. Very good, Kyle. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Sure you saw that. No, because every... No, I wasn't thinking about it. And none of the commentaries... There was only one commentary yeah. of like the five I read... Mm-hmm that only really kind of slightly mentioned the scarlet cord and really didn't talk about the color. They just talked about how it would have stood out in the window. Right. Well, the the Israelites, when they were leaving Egypt and they were being saved from the angel of death and the Passover. Oh, you're so good right now. Boom, boom, boom. Paint (laughs) the scarlet cord over your door. And so that's something that these spies would, they would have an understanding of. Give me Mm -hmm. a red symbol. Give... Oh. The spirit of God, the red symbol. Oh, Kyle. I'm just I saying. I didn't get that one. <laughs> I'm going to add That's that just, one to my notes for Thursday. <laughs> I just, I like seeing these little parallels, you know, yeah, connecting the dots. That's no, good. I didn't see that one at all. Man, I feel like a failure there. <laughs> that, you're right. Like, that seems really kind of easy to have picked up on. Uh-huh. Stay inside the house. Don't go outside. That's yep. right. Yep. If you leave, you be blood on your own head. Yeah. And I think, just as a side note of what 
I really do wonder if the Israelite spies were like, there's no way that she's going to make this happen. Could be. So Maybe so. So then this oath won't necessarily stand. So uh-huh. we won't necessarily get in trouble with Joshua or with yeah. mm-hmm. Yahweh because we made an oath with, yeah. we made a covenant no with way. a Canaanite woman. Yeah. But she's going to break it, so it's going to be totally okay. Yeah. And so all of the context clues, going back to second grade English, context <laughs> clues, uh-huh. really kind of do, in my opinion, lead us to that conclusion that maybe the, the label of prostitute was an accurate one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But maybe mm-hmm. she was also a, just an innkeeper who had some side business. Complicit. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, that, I'm just maybe. looking at the the whole piece of how this is constructed and framed mm-hmm. and how the story is told. That, mm-hmm. Sure. You know, and, and what you say just there yeah. you know, about they were sure that this wasn't going to happen. Well, it doesn't, no it way doesn't seem that do it's that. possible <clears throat> right. in any way right. that she's going to be able to do right. all this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, the cord, yeah, she could do that. Oh, that's easy. And, but even gathering her family mm-hmm. and keeping them there. Highly mm-hmm. unlikely. Highly unlikely, yeah. Because they they make a big deal about it. They say yeah. they say something about guiltless on the front end, and then they say it again in verse twenty, mm-hmm. just because uh, they attach it with. And if you tell a, tell others that we were here or anything, we shall be guiltless with respect to your oath. Yeah. So they bookend. Mm-hmm. I think they're seeking to be yeah. guiltless. Right. <laughs> they're concerned about what they've just done. Uh huh. Yeah. You know, maybe we should. So I did not get that. I'm kind of blown away about that. And she tied the scarlet cord in the window. Good job, Kyle. I didn't get that. I'm surprised that none of my commentaries said anything about that. Maybe it was because it's just supposed to be. But it nods to the fact that Israel was celebrating Passover at the mm-hmm. same time as yeah, all this. They were. It, it okay. nods to that, yeah. which is, is true, and we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time that Rahab and her family were anticipating the coming of Israel, Israel was celebrating Passover. Mm-hmm. Well, all right then. Yep. Fascinating. Well, thanks for uh, another fantastic yeah. question session. That was good. Yeah. That's good. Anything else before no, we wrap up? I don't think so. This was good. All right. We'll be right back here next week. Probably. Hopefully. We look smart in here. We do look smart books. in here. The books make a big difference. <laughs> <laughs> all right. See y'all later. <laughs>